welcome to the God is in the Minute podcast with Anna and Amy. Hi guys and welcome to week two of Advent. We're going to be talking about peace today. I'm Amy. Welcome. I'm Anna and I will go ahead and pray and then read through our scriptures if that is all right. Lord, we thank you for being with us right now. We worship you, Jesus. There's no one like you. There's none beside you. Lord, I pray that you would breathe your spirit on this word today and it would become alive. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds to understand what your spirit is saying. Lord, we declare no spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. So we say fear, you have to go. Distraction, you have to go. Jezebel, you have to go with your witchcraft, your anxiety, your confusion, your desperation. We say Holy Spirit, come rule and reign in this place. Father, I thank you that no one came to hear us. They all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, and on to our scriptures for the day. So we are reading John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Wow. So this scripture is so near and dear. So um, it's all about peace, right? It's about Jesus leaving us with peace, okay? And he foresees this coming, and he's so gracious to go ahead and tell us be peaceful when this happens. And so um, my heading in my new King James for this, it starts back in 25. And I'll probably touch on a little bit of those things as I go through this and teach this with you, but it's called the gift of peace. And so we need to think on that a second. So we understand peace, right? In the world, there will be peace, right? So um, there's really a difference in worldly peace and Christ's peace, of course, which we all understand, I think. But Jesus is telling us in these verses that his peace in this is a gift. He is leaving. He is going to be crucified. He's foretelling us this, but be peaceful, be peaceful in this. There's no reason to be upset. There's no reason to, to be, um, feel abandoned. There's no reason to feel lesser. There's no reason to feel guilty that he was going for a reason except to save us for, you know, and who we are. And so I love these verses. Because he is giving us something that we really don't understand fully until we embrace and get his spirit back in us. So he leaves, he goes, he's crucified. But I don't think we really understand it until the Resurrection Sunday of the spirit being lifted and that holiness of actually having 
a person of the Holy Spirit live within us, it, it, it gives you peace. And without that, I feel like we long for peace. And so Jesus is literally telling us, I am your gift of peace. And I, and I love that. Um, I think in today's world, right, there's peace. Okay. What, what is peace defined as? It's like the absence of conflict. So if you and your spouse or you and your children or you and your siblings had peace today, it was mean that you guys didn't like throw down and toss down on each other. Right. Versus that's really not what peace is. So peace would be to me is when we have peace, true peace, Christ is our foundation of that. But when we have the throwdowns and the knockouts with your siblings or kids or whatever, that really we still have a peace that Jesus come, Jesus come and be our peace. Um, so the end result, of course, of all of this, as you guys have, have kind of understood, is the end result is the Holy Spirit. So this is the only way we're going to have lasting peace. Because again, worldly peace is kind of washable. Okay. It's kind of like um, that disappearing ink. It can be here today, it can be here this moment, but it's going to be gone. And we really don't have anything to fall back on if we don't have Christ in our hearts. And again, it's not, this is not, this is not, this is um, not washable, like not on the skin. Like this is, this is deep. This is not skin deep. You know, your, your skin sloughs off like 10,000 dead cells an hour or something crazy. Um that is not what this is. This goes way deeper than that. Like this is like penetrating in the skin. This is penetrating in your heart. Um, so I already kind of defined you guys worldly peace. And that's more like where your skin is sloughing off those cells. Like, all right, wash that away. Like I said, I'm sorry, but I didn't really mean it. But now we have peace. But Christ's peace is actually where you dig deep and you really find a reason. And you really find that um, that we can resolve this conflict. Like, I'm going to forgive you. Like, I'm really, really going to forgive you. And I'm going to have peace in our relationship, even though we may not see eye to eye. And even though we may not ever agree, but Christ died and he told us this was coming and peace he's leaving with us. And so when we embrace that, like we'll be able to take on kind of the world in a way. I mean, essentially you're going to be able to take on anything. Um, so he was here. So Jesus is in the flesh at the moment and he's telling us, don't be of the world and don't be troubled by this because you're going to get so much more. Um, think of a time right now, stop and think of a time when something was taken from you and it can be anything. It can be, it can be a, a, a sibling. It can be a spouse. It could be a child. It could be a miscarriage. It could be a relationship. It, I mean, anything, it, it could be your purse was stolen out of your car. You know, it could be anything that was taken from you. Okay. That was like, you felt like was, a really true sense of your peace and it was taken from you. If you knew that it was going to come back, but it was going to come back in a form that was so much bigger, like would we have better peace about letting it go? Worldly, no, we can't understand that humanly, right? But now we know on the absolute, on the, on the opposite side of the raising the resurrection of Christ, we know that this peace is available to us. And then the commandments here, I, I, I like this word um, that he, you know, that 30 verse 31 says, but that the world may know that I love the father. And as the father gave me a commandment, so do I arise, let us go from here. So what Jesus is telling us here is that he's leaving us peace, but he's also leaving us the instruction to follow what God says and to really fulfill God's will in our life. And it may feel hard and it may feel like it's unreachable for you. 
but it's not because losing Christ was so necessary for our peace in order to move forward. This, this world is a constant battle. I mean, it doesn't take me five minutes sometimes from leaving my house to, to question my peace. Okay. People driving, driving skills, how rude that the people can be in lane changing or at a traffic light or whatever it is. Sometimes it takes five minutes to, to feel not peaceful in the world, right? From leaving your home. So you're filled with the spirit, your home, life is good. And you go to leave to go to work, go to the store, go wherever. And you're thinking five minutes and my peace is gone because that's world peace. But I constantly have to pursue the peace of God. And I'm telling you, I think Anna and I have told you this a couple of times. We pray a lot. Peace, come. Holy Spirit, come. Fear, go. Anxiety, go. Um, um, the world go, let's just like sum it up in the, the world go, peace go, our peace come, fear go, you know, let your courageous heart be peaceful and let you know that Jesus left you with these instructions, that he left you these peace. And now we need to follow God in order to understand and, and to, to live front to back. And we're not going to do it perfectly, guys. I'm not saying that goodness. There's no way any of us are going to do it all perfectly. But what I want you to understand is this was a gift to us and we need to use it so wisely because losing Christ was necessary to, for us to gain peace. So Anna, you tell me your feelings. Yes, that was so, so good. One of the things that my mind, I always go back to, I love the armor of God. Anybody who knows me knows this. I have a wristband on my wrist. I wear, never take it off. It says, put on the full armor of God and it has Ephesians 6. So when I think peace, a lot of the times my mind goes immediately to the shoes of peace and the armor of God that Paul wrote about. And I want to share with you guys some things that I learned years ago that stuck in my mind and I probably almost daily think about when I think about the shoes of peace. So we know that when Paul was writing the armor of God, he was sitting in a Roman prison cell. And outside of this prison cell were Roman soldiers. So as he's writing the armor of God, we can only assume that he was looking at these Roman soldiers armor, and he chose each piece of armor to represent something different. So why would he choose shoes for peace? Well, I can tell you, it's because the Roman soldiers wore they had about one inch long spikes on the bottom of their shoes. And the reason they had this is so when they were fighting and battling on rough terrain, they could step and dig down deep and stand firm as they were fighting the enemy. So Paul knew of all the things he went through in his testimony, all the things we read about Paul in the New Testament, he knew that peace was a focus and it was a fight. He knew mm -hmm. he chose the shoes because he knew when we want peace, we have to dig down deep and stand firm as we battle this world and the enemy and the things of this world. So Amen. it's, I think one thing to really keep in mind is that peace is not always a feeling. A lot of times it is a focus. We have to focus mm -hmm. and make the choice to say, no, Nope. Um, 
fear go, Holy Spirit come, peace come, come and fill me, come and control me. We have to make the choice and the focus to dig down deep and then to stand firm. We are choosing peace and we are fighting for this peace. The peace that Jesus gives us is not of the world. Like Amy said, this is a peace that when, when all hell is breaking loose in your life, something over you just says it's going to be okay. And I think we've all been there before. We've all had that feeling we know is the Holy Spirit. And even though everything is going off the deep end, we just know somehow, some way it's going to be okay. There's a verse, I cannot think of exactly where it is right now, but it says, and I will meet all of your needs. So to me, that verse alone should bring us so much peace because we can jump out of bed in the morning and we can say, God's going to meet all my needs today. If it's a need, it's met. So I have peace. So what that's saying is if it's not a need, it might not get met. But everything you need, God is going to take care of you. Your needs are met. And that brings us so much peace. Also, Colossians verse chapter 3, verse 15, my favorite, favorite translation of this word, this verse is the God's word translation. It says, and let Christ's peace control you. I love that so much. We have to put on our shoes of peace. After we've done this, we have to stand firm against the enemy and let the peace of Christ control us no matter how difficult the circumstances are. Amen. And then verse 30 of the verses we read, um, it says, I would no longer talk much with you. He's talking of Satan here for the ruler of this world is, is, is complete in me, has nothing, you have nothing, Satan. Satan is not going to rule this, okay? And that is where, and then I want to read, because I was I was going to tell you guys about Colossians 3.15, because honestly, Anna and I talk about this piece a lot. Her and I just yesterday, of time of recording this, but yesterday, her and I texted audio message back and forth multiple times in the day, praying peace over Anna's day. She needed peace. And it wasn't a feeling of peace. And as she said, it was an actual mindset of her having peace to face what she needed to face. And there's a big difference. And so skin cells that slough off by the thousands versus that really deep feeling of peace that she was able to go and face what she needed to face. And I'm going to tell you at the end of it, when she texted that she was, that it was done and that you know, that we could, we could let go of, of the constant prayer of peace we were both having for her situation. When that happened, it was like, okay, great. Like we can move forward. But that feeling of peace was so deep that it became a mindset for her to be able to get through the next step. And I think that's with every single moment, again, driving alone. Um, so let me read really quick in New King James, the, the translation, New King James, I, pre- I gave Anna the God's Word Bible a few years back, and we referenced that verse a lot. I referenced that translation a lot. It's a good one. Um, but um, in New King James 3, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also were called in one body to be thankful. So this is not only calling you, this is not only telling you that peace is a rule of your heart, but it's also telling you, okay, now be thankful because the God is commanding this and Jesus gave this as a gift. Now be thankful, right? Because 
if we didn't have those prayers to, to pray yesterday over Anna's day and the day before it was me, okay. That, or the week before it was me praying this piece. But if we didn't have that at the end of it, we could have just locked it off and it wasn't a big deal, but no, we were thankful that we could actually let that mindset be peace. And it's, it's, it's not a feeling like Anna said, kind of, there's the, the, the saying sometimes that gets thrown around like home is not a place. It's a feeling, you know, to try to make your home, not just four walls of your house and make it a home. There's, that's the same thing. Like make this deep within you that you are feeling the presence of God in this. And those, um, I think we did, we, Anna and I do have another scriptures, uh, some scriptures to share with you. We did, um, a scripture writing on boots of peace because clearly it's very near and dear to us. And we, as, um, as sisterhood pray it together a lot in our days. Um, and we will make that available to you guys as well. There's quite a few scriptures on there that really just, even if it's superficially mentioning the word peace, when you dig deep into that, Christ is really telling you it's a mindset. It's not just, it's not just those skin cells. It's a heart and it's a heart posture. And I think that um, it's easy to get caught up in the superficial meaning of peace in the world we're in. Um, but we, that's, not, that's not where God wants us to land. He wants us to keep flying until we're under his wings and we really feel that deep peace. Um, so with all that, it will lead me into my first question that I wrote for you guys for, for peace today. Um, and I really want you to define peace. So I want you to grab your whatever dictionary, Google it. I don't know. Uh, if you're going to Google it, Google 1828 Merriam's Webster definition of peace. I really want you to define peace and I want you to define the, the actual, the word itself. But then when you do that, I want you to really, really think about the words that it gives you. So the, um, Word wealth in the New King James Spirit-Filled Life Bible is really a lot of times my go-to. But in the Strong's Concordance, which we haven't mentioned a concordance yet to, to you guys, but a concordance is, is where each word that, each word, okay, we'll just go with word, is, is in the Bible and it gives you those references. And there's a number that goes with the Strong's Concordance for each word. And peace and Strong's Concordance is number 1515. Um, but it means the definition of the biblical definition word wealth from the strong concordance is calmness or perfect well-being a state of rest quiet tranquil in absence of strife remaining harmonious and i know what you're thinking that is not my life <laughs> my life is not perfect my life is not perfect well-being my perfect is my life is not calm <laughs> My life is not quiet today, um, but you guys, it is because Christ gave that peace to you, that gift to you, that peace can be your identity and peace can be your heart posture. So of those words, and, and that was just my definition. I don't want you to necessarily take the definition I gave you because it's probably not more. I want you to get more of a worldly definition. And I, and I, I say that very lightly because it's going to also tell you the things that you need. It's going to mention those same words. And I want you to be able to understand that the world's definition of it is still very applicable, but Christ's gift of peace is what makes it really deep for us. And that's where I think I want you to dig a little deeper um, and take it to a different heart level because it's, 
it's easy to breeze by peace. That's absence of conflict, right? But peace really is really when you have comfort in the conflict and then you know that it's God and you know that it's the Holy Spirit of Christ working in you. So any definite, anything on definition of peace that you want to add there? Cause I really want them to dig deep and define that, define the word peace. I think you covered it really well. Good. Okay. So then I was thinking from that definition. Okay. So you got words like calm, you got words like tranquil, quiet, restful. You got those words, right? What gives your heart these things? So what gives your question? Number two would be what gives your heart these, this piece. So what makes your heart feel quiet? What makes your heart feel calm? What makes it feel tranquil? What makes it feel these definition that you just wrote of peace that you found and wrote, take those words. And what makes your heart feel that way? Now, Cliche as it is, you could say, well, being in God's word. Well, I can assure you guys that the Old Testament is not peaceful. It's not tranquil and it's not quiet. There was a lot of, a lot of slaughter, a lot of rebellion. Go to judges. It's not real fun. Like it's not real peaceful, right? But when we put the whole picture together, we have to have each piece of the story to make it the Bible. And so you can say all the, the... you know, the Bible makes me peaceful. Well, it does. You're right. But I really want to know what makes your heart. What are you pursuing in your life? Like, okay, so is it meditation? Is it quiet time? Is it actually taking a prayer and meditating on those words? Colossians 3.15. I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule my heart. Does that give you peace? Like what gives you peace? Where do you feel calm? Where do you feel tranquil? Where do you feel like the waters are just rushing over you? That you're, you have that warm feeling and that mist like feeling of, I really feel like I'm peaceful right now. And it may be the Psalms, right? The Psalms give us peace, but we have to take those words and put it into our life. So really dig deep. Where does your heart feel peace? The next question I want to give to you is, where are you looking for peace? So where are you seeking this? And I heard a really, really good sermon. I've, I've been, we've been studying Ruth really in depth at time of this recording. And I heard a great sermon and Ruth and Esther are my two favorite books of the Bible, a hundred percent. And my, a lot of people say, oh, it's because they're ladies. No, it has nothing to do with that. This, the message in those two, those two books of the Bible are so near and dear to really my testimony and really my walk with God over the years that I just love those two books. But I talk about Ruth a lot, (laughs) Um, but I heard a really good sermon when I was doing some really in-depth studying on Ruth and I, chapter three, I think it was Ruth three that the sermon was written on. And it said, you know, if you're a single person looking for your soulmate in Christ, like, so you're a believer and you're looking for that soulmate, where are you going to find that soulmate? Like, are you praying for that soulmate? Are you going to the nearest easy place to find that soulmate? And I think the same thing goes with this. And this stuck out to me. And I, because I was writing these questions and studying with all kind of simultaneously in this journey. And I'm, I'm asking, so are you going to your Bible to find peace? Or are you going to that latest hotsy totsy novel that you got off the Target shelf to find your peace? 
where is your heart tranquil? Like, where are you going to find your peace? I'm not saying I always find my peace in the Bible. Sometimes I find my peace going and sitting by a tree outside and watching the squirrels take their acorns to the top of the tree or dig a hole in the ground this time of year, a time of recording. It's fall time where Anna and I live and they're digging, like they're digging up those nuts and they're taking them, those acorns to the tops of their trees, to their dens. And they're going to store them for winter. Cause guess what girls, it's getting cold and they need to protect themselves. Sometimes my peace is watching that. Cause I can see the goodness of God in that. Sometimes my peace is nothing. <laughs> Sometimes my peace is just sitting, just quiet, grab I'm really, really, actually, just yesterday, I asked, is it too early to start drinking out of my Christmas coffee mugs? <laughs> because I just feel peaceful in my afternoons if I'm just sitting quiet with a beautiful Christmas mug because it reminds me of Christ, but my peace right there is that I'm quiet, I'm still, and I have no distractions. I really don't care what's going on around me. I am in my peaceful zone. Sometimes, like I said, I'm not doing anything. It's nothing. Sometimes it's the tree. Sometimes it's my Bible. Sometimes it's my novel. But again, is it, it where are you searching for this? Like, where's your peace? And then I want you to think about, okay, so I find my peace here. And then I want you to dig a little deeper and say, is this really giving me heart peace or is this giving me surface level peace? Like, is this going to be gone when I stop my activity? that I'm doing, whatever gave you peace. And I stop that activity and I move to the next one because goodness knows we're all pretty structured in our day. But when I move to the next thing, do I still have peace? Am I still carrying that peace with me? Or did my peace stop when I stopped what I was doing? Did my peace stop when I got it from the tree that I was watching the squirrels take their acorns up the tree? Did my peace stop? Or did I carry God's creation goodness away from that? And did I was I able to apply it to my next motive, which would be perhaps cooking dinner to a family and trying to get it on time and trying to get it on the table without a bunch of turmoil and chaos. It depended upon the age of your children. Sometimes I think that mine are still toddlers as teenagers because they still make the bigger mess than they did when they were toddlers. So sometimes I need that God creation piece that I just watched at the tree and watched the acorns go up the tree. I need to carry that into my evening. I want you guys to remember that if you are shutting your book or doing away from what gives you peace, are you carrying it? Or are you leaving it there? Because we need to be carrying it in our hearts. That is so, so good. Good. Yeah. So it's easy to have peace where we are, but we've got to take it because remember it's a gift and we want our gifts to last forever. I mean, I love gifts and I love, you know, giving people gifts and I love but I want it to last. I want that feeling of peace to last because God did. And, you know, Jesus was the gift. He gave us the gift of peace and we need to use it. Um, then, so this might take you all week and I'm okay with that. So we, Anna and I, again, pray a lot about these four things we're teaching here for Advent, but we pray about it all year and it is ready in our hearts for Christ return or Christ birth. But, I want you guys to um, understand that this is all year. And especially for two people who have been studying the Bible together for several years now, um, we really feel like these four things that we're talking about, hope, peace, love, and joy, 
come up a lot. Yes, they're the Advent candles, but there's a reason God made them that way because he wants us to carry them. So these are the the questions we've gone over. The fourth one here is I want you guys to write a five to 10 word prayer. And I want you to ask God to give you the peace in your heart that was gifted to you by Christ. I want you to feel it. I want you to live it. I want you to go to your place of peace, but I want you to live it. I want you to carry it. I want you to carry it out in the vehicle. I had a really bad experience yesterday at Walmart of all places. I was trying to buy a battery and for my child, for his, one of his machines. And it was a really, really hard experience to have peace in, but I'm going to share just the tidbit. I had a battery and I needed to return the old battery that was not working. And it's what's called a core. So they take those batteries and they make them either new if they're refurbishable or they discard of them, depending upon how dead the battery is. They do the same things with other vehicle parts. However, this was a battery I'm talking about. I had to talk myself into being peaceful. The I was greeted with Two times, I have no idea how to help you with this because I needed to know how to get the core charge off of my bill. Two times, I have no idea how to help you with this. Well, if you don't know how to help, maybe you could find a way, right? No, I don't know how to help you. Well, then I was greeted with a very loud, brisk, abrupt voice of, I can help you over here. I walk over there only to know that the encounter was not going to be peaceful. And I greet with, hello, how are you today? I hope you're doing really well. I need some help with getting this returned. The response was, you think I don't know how to do my job? I prayed this prayer that I wrote, the five to 10 word prayer that I wrote for teaching of this, of this weekly lesson to you guys. And I recited it in my head because I didn't feel peaceful. This lady talking to me did not make me feel peaceful. And I think everybody can relate to this one way or another. I don't know if it's daily. I don't know if it's hourly in your life. I don't know if it's weekly, monthly, yearly. I don't know when you don't feel peace, but I didn't feel peaceful. I felt like I was being attacked by a really, really angry person. It wasn't personal. Okay, guys, don't get me wrong. It wasn't personal, but that person didn't have peace. But what did I do? I asked the Holy Spirit into my heart and said, peace come, fear go, be courageous, Amy, Holy Spirit lead. And I recited that in my head. I think I might've spoken it out loud. She probably thought I was crazy. This lady needed peace and I needed peace in my heart in order to be nice to somebody who was being mean. And I didn't, I didn't do this in human strength. Okay. Because in my mind, what was going through my mind was not this prayer in the beginning. Okay. But I had written this prayer and I want you guys to understand that I took this prayer and I recited it in my head. And the outcome was, I hope you have a very blessed day only to, for her to finally calm down and say, thank you so much. You were an absolute blessing to my day. Okay. I didn't do anything humanly because humanly I wanted to scream, but I did ask the Holy Spirit in. And so that five to 10 word prayer saved my peace yesterday. Um, and I think it will save my peace today. <laughs> it will save my peace tomorrow. It will save my peace in a month. 
but I think it's very important that we have a prayer that we can recite in our head that tells us have peace because it's a gift from Christ. And I'm going to repeat mine one more time. Peace come, fear go, be courageous, Amy, Holy Spirit lead. But I want you to write your own. Um, I want you guys to write your own. So that's all I have. So Anna, you add in and how can we help them have peace? Do you have anything to add? That was so, so good. The only thing I have on my heart that I want to add is I think that peace with boundaries is so crucial in a lot of our lives. Amy mentioned earlier that yesterday we were praying for peace over me over a certain situation and there's certain people and situations in your lives where you can have peace with them and you can be completely peaceful, but in the same sense, you need to be at peace with the boundaries that you've put up with them and you need to have peace, but remain in these boundaries and not let them be wavered because there are very pushy people who want to push your peace. They're not peaceful people and they don't want you to be peaceful. They love strife and conflict. So they're going to push those boundaries and push your peace. And that is where we have to strap on those shoes and stand firm, let the peace of Christ control us. And we need to remain in peace and remain in our boundaries peaceful. Just because you set boundaries with people in your life does not mean you have to be rude or not peaceful with them. You can be very peaceful and in a very silent way, kind of be like, hey, this is where I stand with this. Um, You can silently pull back whatever you need to do to protect your peace do it. It is important. And remember to stand firm in your boundaries in a peaceful way, because people who don't have peace want to push your boundaries and they want to push your peace. They want to get at your peace. Yes. So good. Very, very good. And that's so true. And that's, again, I think, you know, in our everyday, in our encounters, every moment, every step we take, that is so true. We have to make sure that it's not personal and it is not that I'm judging you. It's that I just really want peace to live in me. So I have to, I have to be in those boots. I think those spikes, that's such a good visual that Anna gave us, those spikes that go deep, because when we take a step on slippery ground and sometimes in a situation where we need good boundaries, it can be slippery, right? I mean, yes. it, it can be slippery and it's easy to slip off that, that cliff and fall right back into allowing that person to, to get over on you. But think of those spikes, guys. Anna gave us a great visual today. Just dig down deep and let that spike stick in the ground. And as that spike is going in the ground, I need you guys to just write that prayer out for you guys to recite that prayer over and over that you are going to have peace and it's not going to be perfect. Okay, guys, I'm not painting a perfect picture here. I'm painting a picture that's imperfect that we pray for the peace to come in the imperfect because our life is not, the kids are screaming, dinner's not made, the laundry's running over. I can't, I'm just shoving it in the door, shutting the door behind me. I'm busy. My schedule's full. I missed an appointment. It's not perfect, you guys. I'm not painting perfect, but what we're painting is that we dig deep and just be peaceful with where God has us, and we're going to doing our very best to just ask the Spirit to just come in and rule over us and let everything else go of the world because it, the world is going to give us chaos, right? But those spikes, so good. 
Oh gosh, guys. So this whole study is available to you guys, PDF, um, or, and it's done PDF where it's single page on the phone. If it's easier for you to read that way. And then Anna's going to let you know where to find us on social media. Yes. So we are on Instagram and on Facebook, we have a group. Our handle for the social media is God is in the minute. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and request to join the Facebook group. We would love to have you there. You will find updates on our podcasts as well as studies that we put out, um, Bible study notes, and all of the above. And that is also where you can reach us. If you have any questions about anything, please reach out. We would love to talk with you. This is our passion. Reach out. We will get back to you. We can't wait to hear from you. We're also doing our read through, which we will be releasing those episodes the first week of January. We're going through the Bible front to back in a year. We want you to join us. If you don't have social media, you can join us on the app called Group Me and get in touch with us. We'll send you the link to join. We would love to have you again. Any questions about anything, please, please message us and please share this with a friend, share this with whoever the Lord puts on your heart. That is what we're here for, to share the gospel. So whoever it is, just share it. Amen. So yes, we want to hear from you. We love to hear from you. Um, and also it honestly helps us know where we maybe need to focus our attention. You know, what is missing in people's lives? You know, what is missing? And it allows us to just learn and grow as well because, you know, goodness knows every, we all need each other, you know, where the, where the cord is woven together, it can't be broken. So that's what we're here for. And we are so glad you joined us for week two of Advent. You guys take good care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening till next time.